0: Welcome to Arrows and Lattes. I'm Lucy Brummett, and this is episode 18, The Letter Diaries with Daniela Cracknell. In this episode, I had the honor of interviewing Daniela about her upcoming book, The Letter Diaries. From there, she shared her life experiences and lessons learned. Daniela was a former TV publicist for daytime talk shows, TV news magazines, and a lifestyle cable series at 20th Television. picture that becoming a movie. It, it's definitely a movie I would watch. <laughs> <laughs> so would you like to share the background story with writing letters to your grandmother and how that came about for you to come up with the idea of this book?
1: Well, it's it's it goes back to um, a pact I made with my grandmother that I've never aspired to be a writer or to write a book so and i always thought i was a bad writer and in english courses um i was put back when i moved to america and i was 10 when i moved from england to the states and my mother married an american from virginia Mm -hmm. so that's how i got here and um and i i couldn't read cursive writing on the chalkboards for the American teachers. So, uh, therefore I was put back a grade. So I always felt like I was kind of behind in all my English studies. Um, my, but I was advanced in all other courses. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of, um, and my grandmother being like, oh, you live in America, the education system might not be as good. So she was very, um, worried that I would be intellectually challenged. So, um, we just started writing, um, and it was a form of me being able to stay close to a family that I was very close with, but we lived very far away in two different countries. And I was British up until the age 10 and I had this lovely English accent, which I (laughs) lost when I came to America. Because no one could understand me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so I would say things like, pardon me. And they would go, (laughs) what? (laughs) And I would tweak what I was saying so that my American friends could understand me. And then I started to turn and speak what I call American. Mm -hmm. And and as a teenager, you want to sound like everybody else. And... So it didn't occur to me that having an English accent might be something I might want to keep because people kind of think it's kind of cool now. And then I have friends going, speak with an English accent. And I said, well, I, I can't. I'm I'm an American <laughs> now. I, it sounds
0: funny. <laughs> I can tell you I'm one of those people. I do love it when people have an accent because I, I, I always want to find out what their story is behind it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So yeah, so I I just um so keeping and grandma would write back letters um sometimes with circled misspellings my grammar not right. Um and so she was kind of on me and to speak well and be well educated and I was very into being smart having my intelligence cuz I didn't want to be dumb and grandma was always worried about
0: <laughs> yeah
1: you know the the level of education (laughs) over here so i it was kind of so anyway so we started writing um i'm going off a little i think off what your your question was which i sometimes digress a lot and friends it's okay call me on that (laughs) go with it go with it
0: it's totally fine (laughs) um and
1: then um I, my father had died and he'd kind of saved all my letters that I'd written to him. And I didn't have that same relationship of him worried about my writing or anything like that with my grand with my father. So I didn't make, um, a promise or a pact with him, but I had these letters that he had left me. And I said to grandma that I was kind of like. Uh, wow, that my dad had saved all my letters and that rereading them later in life would be really interesting. Mm -hmm. And then she said, well, I've saved all your letters as well. And I said, oh, you have? Wow. And she said, well, when I die, um, they're in a box in the attic and um, I'll have them sent to you. And I said, well, that would be really interesting, Grandma. So, we had, so they, we had this promise. And then I said, well, what would I do when you die? I won't have anyone to write to. I, and I joked. I said, well, maybe mm-hmm. I'll write a book. I'll do something with our letters. And it oh, was wow. kind of not something I intended. And as I reread my letters, I realized I had kind of written this in a letter. So I cemented that promise I made to her about writing letters. And as it turns out, um, when women didn't, weren't allowed to be educated in the 18th century, Mm -hmm. I'd read this book that I had told grandma about of, uh, women not being able to write. So the only form of, um, education was, or writing was through letters Mm -hmm. and Jane Austen, who's one of the most famous writers um she had a lot of her movies were uh, using letters as a form of communication between characters Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and um so look how popular her stories have become based on the idea of a letter which is an old art form now nobody writes handwritten letters anymore so it is a form of Um, it's lovely when someone sits down and actually puts pen to paper that takes time, effort, and, and you don't have like automatic spell check or white out. So you get the raw,
0: the true emotion of the letter motions And,
1: and people tend to say more honest things in writing than, than if they were with the person. In, in person, you tend to sort of um, maybe edit yourself a bit. But in writing, it really is an honest communication. And um, so at, I kind of realized my letters were like diaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I did also have a diary um, that kind of like, you know, certain things you don't tell grandma or your dad. <laughs> <laughs> or that you want other family to read about.
0: Yes, yeah, so, for you. <laughs>
1: You know, I had that and I kind of started putting all the letters together of the diaries. And I, I had some family trauma, uh, in my life that I was trying to piece together and kind of go, maybe some answers were in my letters. If I reread them all, I could kind of maybe confirm hunches that I had about what Mm -hmm. might've happened to me as a child, um, Mm -hmm. that I just thought was a gut instinct Um, but I kind of needed something more solid facts to kind of put pieces together because I couldn't figure out how I had turned into this commitment phobic, uh, gal who just couldn't stay put in any workplace, any relationship, um, even locales. I kept moving every year. I kept having a new job every year. And with that, there was a new boyfriend. So Mm -hmm. I kind of was like, why can't I commit? Why can't I say put? I'm a very unsettled person. And so my letters were a history of how it all began and why I became who I became for for good, bad, or ugly.
0: Okay. So with your letters, you know, when do you think that first started for you? you? When you noticed, when you got the letters back? and you were able to kind of put the pieces together, when did you notice that you started a pattern with that, with um, the way that you just described it with your commitments, um, going from thing to thing with your relationships as well? Did you notice it started at a certain age? Yes, it did. And I'd have to say,
1: you're gonna have to read the book to kind of figure out, but (laughs) I, yes. I kind of was like, oh my God, that's where it started and where my thought processes changed. And actually mm-hmm. right before you called, I was rewriting a chapter because the book's not done yet. We, It's still, mm-hmm. it's close to completion. So I appreciate you talking to me as it's in development. Um, but I noticed um, I have a parallel character in, in um, One of my dearest friends that I've known literally before each of us turned one years of age. We have been friends Mm -hmm. um, and we lived, our parents knew each other. And uh, he, I would say he was my first boyfriend um, and I wasn't even one. So I was flirting at a very young age. (laughs) As a baby. (laughs) And he's tall, dark and handsome, you know, he's... He's just the perfect gentleman, uh, perfect English gentleman any woman would be lucky to have. <laughs> His two brothers. They're fantastic guys. His mother would be so proud. Um, she is proud mm-hmm. of her sons. Um, but I look at how he grew up um, and the situations that he faced in life compared to the situations I face in life. Mm-hmm. And this is where I say my book, if you're familiar with the movie Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow. She okay. it's it's basically, you know, in life you might step you might have taken one subway train but you missed it because your alarm didn't go off on time, so you end mm-hmm. up taking the other subway train. But and this is what happened to her in the movie. So the movie parallels she took this train and her life kind of went this way as an American and the relationships and things that she had. Yes. So she, her character goes on one train, um, where she becomes an American has a career in London, which is, um, where my book starts. And I tried this London life. Um, and I meet up with my friends. That I was telling you about my friend from the age of zero <laughs> and then the other train you know you miss the alarm clock doesn't go off on time so you miss that first train and so you take the second train and here I am in Manhattan uh having a Manhattan life um and I go and date everybody else uh, that's not that first boyfriend who he stays on this solid life path that if I had never left London and never left that English train, I may still be on that same solid path with him. But instead life threw me off into another country Mm. with a stepfather who was dishonorable, did not take care of his family and threw us into a path that caused us huge amounts of heartache. Um, And abandon us in a foreign country. So that's the train that I went on. Mm -hmm. Um, But you kind of look to go, you could see where life could have been if I hadn't had that. I don't want to say it's a wrong train because I would never have had this American in life. I would have never had this great career working in television that I worked in. Mm -hmm. But then again, you kind of go, well, maybe I did, but it would have been in England. My father worked in television. Right. I may have followed, uh, I may have gone in the industry in, in, in the U.K. anyway. You never know. Right, exactly. So it's these parallel paths, and that's where I make a comparison between that movie and my story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have family dysfunction uh, that happens through parents – you know, multiple uh, divorces, marriages, you've got family here, there, and everywhere. And, um, you're trying to figure out where your home base is, where your family is. And my letters are the glue that keeps me grounded and together. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother kind of keeps me as that one good solid person in my life. That's making sure I end up okay. When circumstances present themselves where I could not be okay. So
0: even though you were in the United States, you still had that connection to your grandmother to kind of keep you steady, keep you what you were trying to do, like be on the right path or a similar path. Like if you would have stayed, you know, there in London.
1: Yeah. And I think everybody in their life has one person. That's a solid, Mm -hmm. um, that if you didn't have that person, maybe life might not have gone so well. Um, and I'm very grateful that I had my grandmother who just kept writing back. Um, and she just kind of kept me going. Um, okay. And I'm, and we all, whether it's a grandma, mom, or dad, or an uncle, aunt, or a sibling, we, there are role models everywhere and they're not always,
0: um, They're kind of the angels in our lives. Yes, and it doesn't matter what the distance is because they're always there as if they were right next door to you or in in the same household. And it sounds like that's the relationship that you had with your grandmother, which I think is super special, especially during a time when, like we look at today, we don't do the letter writing process. Very rarely do we do, do those things. But like you said, when you put pen to paper, you're more likely to be more open with the recipient of that letter so that makes it even better that you had all these letters to look at after all these years yeah that's awesome (laughs) and it and it's
1: uh, a lot of times you know out of sight out of mind and I was you know my family lives in another country and I'm not there so (laughs) I missed out on weddings I missed out on funerals I missed out on just general daily life of my family mm-hmm. um, that I think when you have your family right there in your backyard, you take all of that for granted. Very true.
0: Very true. And
1: um, so I have a big family, but yet I'm in a foreign country with no family.
0: So I wanted to ask you, um, now that you know we are talking about family, when you found out about your dad's Health with his mental health in particular. How long would you say that it took you to believe that he had problems with his mental health? Well, I uh, my dad
1: was mentally ill ever since the day I was born. Mm-hmm. So I never not knew him as mentally ill um, or as someone who was in and out of psychiatric hospitals. Mm-hmm. I think what's sad is that he lost his family, his career um, because he was mentally ill. Okay. And before that, he had a very, he was a celebrity. He was a primetime TV star on the BBC. Mm-hmm. And of course, everybody loved him. Right. You know, my mom thought she was marrying a successful man, not a mentally ill patient that she would, you know, have to call the police on every now and then because he would have episodes. Right. And eventually it was just too much. Um so I never knew him as anything but sort of a funny or as he calls himself, your funny father. <laughs> He's my funny father. And there you know, there's there's incidences where we go to the mental hospital and I you know, that are funny because you, you don't want to laugh at someone mentally ill, but he was like on stage. Right. Um, and you kind of, you know, and so there's, and in that, that's, we've had also a a loving relationship because again, he lived in another country, which was a challenge. And then another challenge was living with, you know, be having a mentally ill father Mm -hmm um and trying to kind of you know, there's a big stigma about mental illness a lot has changed now but growing up i wouldn't say i had a mentally ill father because people would then think i'm crazy and then i would think well maybe i am crazy <laughs> because that that's the power of the stigma that's true. Of, of like but everybody is somewhat mentally ill
0: true that is so true so would you do you happen to have a memory that you would want to share of him and it doesn't necessarily have to be when he was you know in the hospital maybe you know you know as you were growing up that you really hold dear to your heart that you remember about your father
1: well I think what's really what really touches me what really touches him because you know, he wanted to be a dad who could provide for me, but he never could. And he apologized all the time that he could never be that dad that I deserved. Of one that's, uh, and I, I don't want to say everyone deserves, I feel he gave me every, you know, every girl just wants to be loved by their father. And that's, he gave me that plus more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't that, but it wasn't the typical dad at home and raising me and all that. Um, but he loved when I had, uh, he loved that I was in the entertainment business Mm -hmm. and I kind of fell into the entertainment business. It was not, I didn't really go, I want to be in television. I wanted to just work for the big, bad PR firms, advertising agencies of, uh, of New York. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then, um, as I. Kind of stumble out of that kind of world and into the world of representing daytime TV shows and TV working on like Inside Edition and Extra and a show called The Current Affair mm-hmm. um, and all the iconic talk shows of the '80s and '90s from Lisa, uh,
0: Geraldo, Montel, Rolanda. I remember um, all of those shows very well. <laughs> all those,
1: yeah. And I did a little work with Oprah too, so I feel nice. like I've all the iconic talk show personalities I've had an opportunity to work with. Um, but I would run into journalists who were, uh, seasoned journalists and some of them worked in England and Mm we, one of them was one, this lovely entertainment reporter at the Associated Press. And she had spent her youth in London, um, studying theater. And so she had actually remembered reading reviews about my father on this, on this theatrical stage. Oh, wow. And I, it just sent chills up my spine that my professional world could cross over into my dad's world. Mm-hmm. And that happened with another reporter too, who was like, oh my God, you know, and I'm like, wow, you knew of my dad. So I do meet people in Hollywood who are of a certain age who knew British television, and they're like, oh, yes, I knew your dad. And I just go, oh, my God, (laughs) really? And then a famous movie director introduced me once as the daughter of a famous British actor, and I almost fell (laughs)
0: over. I bet that was exciting.
1: (laughs) Because, like I said, I've only known my dad for his roles in psychiatric hospitals. Right. So when people... These are people who've known him when he was at the height of his career as exactly. and um, and then and then the movie producer, who's a very well known movie director i just I, I don't think he knew how just those words were made my dad's day to know that he was still remembered and recognized because when you've lost your career from a mental illness right. um, you know you're devastated and you you you've lost. Yeah. Other people, um you know, there are actors in today's world who are fu- are able to function, still make millions of dollars, still perform. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Um my dad unfortunately lost
0: everything because of mental illness. So um So that was a those are, yeah. that was a heavy loss for him. But it's it's there's beauty in the fact that people still remember him for him being an actor with the BBC, which I think is wonderful. And I know that's probably something that makes you very proud, you know, to know that fact that people still remember him that way.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it, it touches me, but, you know, what what is this book? Will it help others? I aim to hopefully, I mean, I, people applaud me in my mental strength. Mm-hmm. And um, I go, yeah, I'm still standing. Um, I've lost many jobs, especially in television. You get laid off every year, wow. and it's really painful mm-hmm. because it. And you people go, oh, it's not personal. Well, it is personal when your finances are pulled out from underneath you. That's
0: personal. Yes, it is very personal.
1: And you know, it might take a while before you get back on another show. Um, and then there's the recession comes in and knocks out another career path. Yes. <laughs> then I had bosses behaving badly and, uh, lose my job that way too. And, you know, it's like, when can you win when you set yourself up to be successful? You've done all the rules. You've been a good student mm-hmm. and still life is not delivering you what you feel you have put in. Um, and so sometimes life doesn't always have that. Hollywood ending Mm -hmm. um but we kind of have to make do with what we have even if we've been left with nothing and if all we have is our own inner bounce back power maybe that's enough to bounce back and keep going and having hope inspiration feel good energy and that's what I hope my story will uh put back into the universe that even though we have colossal mishaps, Mm -hmm. which I, I had from the get go. Um, and there's a lot of behind the scenes stories that will eventually come out. Um, but I kind of, I, so I'm, I'm in this process, I'm healing myself and that's the power of writing. I agree. Um, so that my next chapter can be a uh, way I can feel home and settled. My life has been unsettled. I've not had a home that I can continuously go back to. So if that, if I can achieve that for myself, then maybe there's something in my book that can help others to kind of, who are also in an unsettled life can figure out how to get themselves settled so they can live with peace, tranquility, feel safe and secure, and have successful, healthy relationships.
0: And I'm glad you, um, you're leading up into the next question. I like how you are thinking because there's a couple other things um, besides your book that lead into that, what I want to lead into, if I could just spit it out today. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say that the two things, first of all, I want to say that I, I got to know you through the What mm-hmm. Women Want Network. Um, through Judy Goss. That's how I found out about you. Yes. So I want to touch base on that first um first time that I heard about you because of the business that you had, and you still have it today, called the spa dress. And I thought that was the coolest concept because it did take me back <laughs> to growing up, you know, in the 80s. <laughs> and I'm like, that is the coolest thing. And I still have to get one. I already know I want I'm pretty sure I want the black one. But okay. what I love about it is that you gave each color uh, a name. So you have starting over white, get gorgeous pink and confidence boosting black. And I think that's probably why I like the black one because I want to have that confidence all the time. So <laughs> how did you come up with the names for those? And can you tell me and the audience a little bit more about that business and what you see happening for that in the future?
1: Well, thank you. I'm so glad you, uh, You like the spa dress because (laughs) it was something back in the eighties where, um, most women I met say, oh, I had something like that. I said, yeah, I did too. And it disappeared. (laughs) So I bought it back. Basically, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily an original idea. The name I trademarked, it is registered and owned by me, but the actual outfit, you know, is, is something that was from the eighties where I used to sew and make clothes for myself and my dolls. Oh, nice. And so I knew you could just buy this fabric stitch up the side and you suddenly got a dress mm-hmm. <laughs> and it came with the, the stretchy top that could support your, your girls, mm-hmm. hold your girls up. <laughs> and I'm a traveler. So I didn't have, um, you know, you want to have everything compact in your suitcase mm-hmm. and I didn't have, um, bath robes are too bulky and you never know what you're going to get when you stay at a, at a hotel or you even stay at a friend's house, you know, it's just different stuff. So you kind of want a main that mainstay product um, that you can wear as a cover-up mm-hmm. and um, that you can feel kind of dressed but not quite dressed. So it is a dress before you dress that holds your girls up when you need a towel to hold, stay up. Yeah. So you can worry-free, have your hands free, but then you're not walking around in a towel at your friend's house <laughs> where they've got an uncle, a brother, and all the kids and stuff. You can wear the spa dress as a dress and be dressed appropriately, but yet have that in-between outfit. And I love that Judy, mm-hmm. uh, actually Judy Goss, you know, one of my favorite people, um, you know, said yes, when I travel with my kids, I can wear it. I can throw it on and I'm not worried about, you know, I I have my hands free to take care of all the kids stuff. Oh yes. So, but it is made out of a toweling fabric so you can slip it on fresh out of the shower, do all your stuff. And it can be used um, as a dress and you can slip it down and use it as a skirt. So it has multiple functions. And so I'm in the world of being a practical female traveler, everyday girl that needs multiple uses for multiple things, so we don't have to carry around so much stuff. Well, I love
0: the idea of it too, especially um here in North Carolina, we're close to different beaches like the Outer Banks or Carolina Beach. And it just looks like something that I would definitely put in my suitcase and just lounge around, whether it's at the place that we're staying or on the beach itself or at the pool. I just thought, well, that is like genius to have something like that handy and not have to worry about towels um or different cover ups that really aren't as functional, so i I applaud you for for bringing it back because I know a lot of women would appreciate wearing it today
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I do have a good uh fan base um of of gals that travel um I call them wellness tourists. We're all into having a good mind, body, and spirit. And that brings in where I came up with the the names. Mm -hmm. Um, Because this is a a towel that basically holds your girls up um, so that you can be in public without (laughs) public displays of what I call towel dropping syndrome. Which everyone who's been in a hotel opens door to room service and, like, oops, it's not working. You don't really want to open up the door with the towel with a bathrobe on either. It just doesn't <laughs> feel dressed. Right. <laughs> so, um, my hashtag is uplift our girls.
0: Uplift. I love that.
1: <laughs> and because I've been an advocate for women's issues, uh, right to fair pay, uh, equality in the workplace, because um, I have faced um gender discrimination at work it cost me my job and um I had early on in my career I had done some uh women's uh advocacy work and uh so uplift our girls is not just like physically Mm -hmm. (laughs) giving us a product it actually is in mind body and spirit So the white starting over white is actually based on a TV show I worked on called starting over that was, uh, from the creators of, uh, the real world and the simple life. Uh Um, and it was about women moving into a house and literally starting over and having an opportunity to start a second chapter life, which is exactly what, I was doing with the spa dress because i'd been part of a big corporate layoff from Scripps networks mm-hmm. um and i needed to reinvent myself um into a new career because the recession had put us all out of work and there were no jobs to go back to oh goodness um so i you know you always think about well if i didn't have to work i would write a book <laughs> i would create a product i would travel so here i was going Hey, I'm out of work. Let's do all the things we couldn't do when we were stuck in corporate America.
0: Yes. You had freedom to do something, something else.
1: So with a nice little severance package, I started on all those bucket list kind of things. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was starting over just like the women on my, the TV show that I had publicized. Um, and, um, the black, confidence boosting black, we all needed confidence. I needed confidence when I had uh, to go and defend my rights for the having lost my job unfairly mm-hmm. um, because of bosses behaving badly. Um, and that took a, I, I was all by myself. There were no role models during that time. I was stuck in Manhattan by myself alone, no finances, no dad, uncle, grandpa's. To come help me Mm -hmm. um so it was a very scary time um so confidence we all need that um and then uh the pink is get gorgeous pink because um obviously breast cancer the color is pink so um there's history of that in my family and so i wanted to get back there so each color goes towards a specific um philanthropic initiative
0: i'm so glad that goes to women's issues i'm so glad that you talked about that because i did not know that you know i was curious about that and Mm -hmm. that even for someone to hear this and then look at the spa dress you know they might have someone that has experienced that especially with the get gorgeous pink and i like that you touched on that because it's more than just a name it's there's meaning you know, behind your work. And I I really like that. I want to move into your other platform because like I said at the beginning, you have lived (laughs) a very interesting life and you continue to do so. And I'm just amazed at all the things that you juggle, but you, you make it look so, so fun and worth doing. So Mm -hmm. the next thing is you have a new self-help wellness platform at Breakup Experts. And when I was looking at this, I I see that you have a love squad, a life squad, and a work squad. So I think a a lot of people, when they think about breaking up, they automatically think it's just a romantic thing. You know, They're breaking up, whether it's um, a relationship, a marriage. But with what you're doing on that platform, there's more to breaking up, such as at the workplace or with friendships. Would you tell me a little bit more about that? Correct. And
1: uh, earlier on, I had mentioned that my book is my healing Mm -hmm. place and that I'm hoping that I kind of put myself through what I call three steps to break up to better Mm -hmm. love, life and work experiences, because in all areas of my life, everything went wrong. And I was like, okay, if I fix if I have a good relationship, well, then I will I then have a better work experience because I have a solid guy in my corner Mm -hmm. um because I never had any good solid guys there for me so then I thought okay well uh, that bad relationship may have caused me not to be as good at my job and I went to work not feeling um the best I can be and maybe I was kind of off that day and that was enough to get me fired Mm -hmm. You know, the ripple effects of everything integrated into every aspect of your life. Um, And I say that the com is where I'm stepping into after I've gone through the process. Mm -hmm. This is kind of what I've gone through in the writing of my book. And I've come up with three steps and then a help squad. But but the bottom line is um, only you can make change in your life. We have coaches, we have therapists, we have doctors to all help us. But if you don't do the work to change or to change your thinking or uh, get out there and get healthy in your body and be around inspirational people, um, you're not gonna change. True. For the better. So you have a choice do I want to be stuck here or do I want to have a better, happier life? Um, if so, there's things I need to change, but only I have to do the inner work. Um, but so the, the site does give a lot of complimentary uh, tips and guidance. Mm-hmm. But then if you need that extra push, we have my help squad made up of th- three different areas of life who are there to help you to guide you because sometimes we don't have that self-discipline and we need someone else to go, did you do this? You do this. You move along, you move along. I happen to be very self-disciplined and have a strong sense of will. Mm -hmm. So I get up at five o'clock in the morning and I'm doing this and doing that. And I'm, you know, but not everybody (laughs) can do that, but I'm not good in other areas of my life and I need help, you know, so that is the platform I'm moving into as the book is done. Um, you know, it's a wellness platform. My book is a wellness letter diaries is about becoming well and becoming better out of, uh, your misfortune. Mm -hmm. Um, and looking as they say, the glass half full versus half empty. If I had not gone through this life, I would maybe not be here today right and i really truly love being a creator i love writing i love my spa dresses i've loved everything and i am i think the happiest and healthiest i've ever been so through all of this so would
0: you say at this point at the stage in life would you say you're someone that was able to get off that hamster um that hamster wheel of breakups i so hope so
1: <laughs> i so hope so because i i really i, I you know people go I said, no, I, I really had enough. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm healthy at this point where I can not engage in an unhealthy relationship or, you know, work scenarios. I'm just like, you know, if you're not a good employer, I'm not working for you. Um, I give, I I give a hundred plus percent to everybody and everything. Mm -hmm. And, but I want, you want to be in a, a healthy environment that's give and take, not always exactly every day, but you're inspired by both parties. right? And, um, that's not always easy to find.
0: Very true.
1: (laughs) But when you find it, you know how lucky you are to be there. And I think situations where I might've been there, I didn't know what I had. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't know what you, you don't know then what you know now. And so now I think, um, I, I look forward to meeting one of the most amazing guys that I've yet to meet mm-hmm. um, because I'm the best I am. I was not prior to so all of this experience. So. so why do you
0: think people are drawn to you even more so now, whether it's in your personal relationships or with your team on on your platform?
1: Drawn to me. Well, I love this word. Um a guy friend of mine, he said, Daniela, you're sexy, smart. <laughs> and, I, and I said, I was like, wow, That's... you know, one, a man who allows you to be sexy and feminine mm-hmm. as well as smart in the same, in the same words. <laughs> okay, use two words, but in the same, you know, right. because I, I have heard so many times, Daniela, you're intimidating. You need to dumb down your resume um and i'm like what i've worked so hard i, I just want to i want to be around other people who want to elevate because mm-hmm. i you know we it, it's exciting to be with people who are sexy smart that's
0: right and you have a lot to be proud of so why not share it all your accomplishments
1: <laughs> so um and he told me he goes i was always going to put that quote and he goes no don't do that you know? <laughs>
0: oh that's funny so
1: it's it's actually between us uh, (laughs) you know it it made my day made my day so
0: if you had a chance to have a do-over with any of your setbacks would you do it
1: well the whole book is basically the do-over to relive life all over again Uh knowing knowing what i know if i knew then what i know now Mm -hmm. So I really, I have relived my life in the process of writing it going, oh, my God. And you kind of go, wow, and I'm going to give away the ending here.
0: But we have to stay tuned. We have to stay tuned because we (laughs) want to read your book.
1: (laughs) But it is about gut instinct. Mm -hmm. And if I had known to trust my inner self, Mm -hmm. um, I would have not gone down a lot of paths. And I would have, um, I would have had that confidence mm-hmm. to go. I I was right on every single time, and why didn't I stand up stronger? And why did I not speak up? Um, but I have to tell you, I felt like I, I did the whole lean in, speak up, mm-hmm. stand up for your rights. I feel like I did all that, and it all backfired <laughs> on me. <gasps>
0: Well, I think that's how you learn. And that's probably why some of the setbacks happen, but you learn from it. And I know that when you were interviewed at, what was it on thriveglobal.com, you talked about being mm-hmm. resilient so that when I read that about you, I really like I could, it really resonated with me, like everything that you had experienced and how, what that might have felt like, because even if people aren't in your same situation, there's bits and pieces that they can take from it that they can apply to what they've already experienced.
1: I I hope so. I mean, we all, everyone has a a story. Everybody has something, you know, we're, we're all going through. I mean, we're definitely going through crazy times right now, but um, you know, if life was quote normal, we still have issues and things we've got to work through. So my whole goal is to make the world is to break up to a better tomorrow, to live better, love better and work better. Um, And I think, you know going through bad times you kind of
0: realize
1: what is good and what's not good yes absolutely and how and then how we kind of want to make change so that we can live happily
0: coexist in a better space i like that so as i am nearing towards the end of my questions because i want to honor your time as well too i have one other question what is one fun fact that most people don't know about you Well, the other day, a
1: friend of mine was shocked that I had played the violin. Oh,
0: you played the violin. that's awesome.
1: <laughs> and he was like, "I didn't know about that about you, and I've known you for 25 years." And I said, "Oh, I was really good. I was a really good violinist, and like I, my violin, um, and I actually forget I was once a musician too wow. myself so that I forget, but I'm a big believer in the arts. My violin taught me discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, it taught me good memory, um, it taught me how to compete, um, teamwork, and um, to do your very best. And I thank my, uh, my violin teachers for being, for really giving me the tools I needed for the work world. And um, I think anything in the arts or in athletics those are the beginning tools that life is giving you to
0: function in the adult world. I completely agree with that. I love that. That's something about um, anyone that's creative, whether they're playing an instrument or like you said, they're involved in sports, it does get you disciplined to do the other things in life. But the violin is um, has always been fascinating to me. I personally didn't learn how to play any instruments, but if I would have had a choice, I would have learned how to play the piano. My mom always thought, You should play the piano (laughs) but so um where can people find you on social media and your website do you want to share that
1: uh yes i mean i'm on twitter Mm -hmm. at dcracknell at twitter dcracknell or at the spa dress or um at breakout experts um and then the website Mm wakeupexperts.com. If that's what you're looking for, I would love it if, um, folks would go in and sign up for my, uh, newsletter for my book so I can alert your listeners to our book debut. That would be great. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe there's a special thing for your listeners as first first adopters of hearing all about this. Awesome.
0: I will definitely. But I,
1: I, I would only know that if they could sign up for my newsletter. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, I,
1: so I can, I can keep track. I
0: know I've already signed up, so I look forward to it. And I am sure that they would sign up as well. So, Daniela, thank you so much. I want to just give you a huge thank you for being here today with me and sharing, you know, different parts of your life because I know it's really going to help mm-hmm. other people not only is your book the letter Diaries, going to help other people i'm going to say your future movie based on the letter <laughs> diaries <laughs> will be also something helpful and your other platforms you have so much going on that there's a little bit of everything for everyone and then they can pass that on to other people so i just want to thank you
1: Well, thank you for having me on and allowing me to share my story. Yes, Uh, because this has been really fun. Thank
0: you. I know it was just I (laughs) I could listen to you all day because your stories are just like whenever I I hear about other people and they have this you know really interesting background to me um, I relate it to the way that when I'm writing something it's like a movie in your head when you're writing your stuff down whether it's an article or a story or you know, book and what you've described is like a movie in my head. So that's why I say that because it really is. So thanks again for being on here today. I want to wish you the best success with everything. And I can't wait to find out when your book comes out. So I wanted to say that. So thank you. Well, thank you.
1: And a a special shout out to Judy Goss for What Women Want for bringing us together. Yes,
0: Judy connected us. Judy Goss is one of my favorite friends. And there's a new president, if you don't already know, it's Catherine Marshall. So Mm -hmm. that is just wonderful. They have been very huge in my inspiration. And ever since I started off with the blog, it was just life changing getting to know her. And because of her that's how I got to get to know you. <laughs> so yes, it's, it's the best networking
1: group. I think I've ever come across that really women helping women. Yeah. And, um, you know, shame on women who don't help other women. Oh, that's,
0: that's right. I'm, I'm a big firm believer on women helping other women. It's always, you know, you can have as many, we'll say like a life coach or Any other career, we're always going to have more than one, but there's only one of us. So why not lift each other up? I uplift our girls. That's my hashtag. Uplift our girls. There we go. Why not uplift our girls? Exactly.
1: My my, my hashtag, and you'll actually see um, pictures of Miss America contestants all in my Get Gorgeous pink that is
0: awesome I know I know this audience is gonna love looking that up that is so great <laughs> all right well well thank you yeah, thank Have you you too <laughs> thank you for listening to episode 18 the letter diaries with Daniela Cracknell if you enjoyed this episode I invite you to visit my blog at lucybrummett.com again That's lucybrummett.com for more inspiration. Until next time.